So topic of today, we'll be talking about motivation and acceptance in the gym. What does that mean? I think one way to kind of go about it instead is I'm going to give an example. I'll go ahead and give my own example, my life, for example. He's just kidding. I'm not going to talk about my life. Y'all need to hear that. I'm going to give an example of someone that will remain anonymous, but kind of use an example as them for why balance is really, really important in the gym and why we need to be able to understand what we're capable of doing. So I have this client, works from nine to five, hard labor, has full dreams of wanting to become a phenomenal and strong power lifter, as well as wanting to be able to move forward with their life in regards to their career, psychological health, mental health, psychological mental is the same thing, my apologies, um, physiological health and spiritual health and all those factors. But he is doing too much. When I say he's doing too much, it's one of those things where I try to explain to all my clients that when we look at going into the gym, and the reason why I say motivation and acceptance is because to be motivated to work out, there's a lot of factors that come into play when it comes to finding out what motivates you. One thing I want to disclaim, and I know this is a hot topic. It's not really a hot topic, but it's really, I think, I'm going to say it out. Motivation in the gym will disappear. At some point, your training will get you to the point where you may not be motivated to essentially go. And I think, I don't want to say, and I want to speak for the whole society of group of fitness or the fitness industry, right? But I do know that personally, a lot of people will get to the point in their training or get to the point of their fitness and kind of get complacent. I'll give an example. One client specifically, um, here at NutriShop, in the area that I live, we happen to have a, a challenge, like a weight loss challenge, right? Fat loss challenge to be exact. And we, we usually have it every like four times in a year, pretty much one for each of the seasons, one for spring, one for fall, one for winter, et cetera, et cetera. But then this competition, it's eight weeks so to speak, eight or nine weeks. And within that eight weeks, you essentially have to lose as much fat as you can and gain as much muscle as you can. And I think these type of competitions are really, really important. They're nice to have. And it's one of those things where it can, as long as it's using it in the right way, it can be a great, great tool for a lot of people. I explain to my clients all the time when we get into these type of competitions, there's two types of people. When I say there's two types of people, there's someone that is using it as a means of accountability or using it so they can win. Now, let's be honest, in those type of competitions, it's really hard to regulate out whether someone is actually doing everything that they're supposed to, you know, tracking how much water weight they have or how much nutrients that they're having or things like that. But one thing I do know is that it can be very motivating to a lot of people to do that challenge and the reason why i say it's very motivating is because one they can see physiological uh, physiological changes 
They can see psychological changes. And they can see a lot of good things that can help them in the long run. But there's a caveat. When I say caveat, there's a, a problem with it sometimes. Within these competitions, there happens to be those people too that will look at this competition and find a way to win. That's their motivation. They will use it to try to win, so they'll do everything to the letter. They will watch their diet. They will do all the cardio. They will do all the strength training, and they will completely try to win that competition. But my question would be more of understanding what would happen afterwards. When I say what happens afterwards, it's kind of more of like the, the competition's only eight weeks. So I've heard this quote a lot from a lot of people. If you want something to become a habit, you just need to do it for 21 days. Pretty simple, right? 21 days and it's a habit. Not necessarily. I think when people give the idea of making it a habit very simple and very... Oh, complete this. Just checkbox. It's very discouraging to a lot of people at some points. When I say it's discouraging to some people, if you happen to take one instance for somebody to complete the 21 days and they manage to complete the 21 days and they say, oh, it's a habit now. More than likely, it can happen well for some people or it can happen detrimentally. And you're wondering why. Or you may not be wondering why, but I'll give you an example of why. Let's say you're somebody that does not work out that much. Completely, completely new. And the first thing you want to do is get into the gym and you're super, once again, motivated. And you're accepting the fact that, you know what, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. But they'll say the same person happens to decide, you know what, like I said earlier with the competition, I'm going to pay 24 sessions for you to work at crunch. Pay $1,000. It's a full commitment. I want you to give me all the supplements that I need to drink and eat and take care of. I need you to give me a proper meal plan. Keeping in mind, if they're not a registered dietitian, you shouldn't be giving meal plans. But let's have nutritional discussion. Let's change some lifestyles. We're talking about somebody that's done nothing fitness in their life. Yes, you'll, they'll get to a point that they'll be really, really excited. And a lot of them sometimes will also stay and be motivated. But I've experienced some clients where they get to the point where they kind of get burnt out. When I say they get burnt out, it's one of those things where if you work out too much or you do too much too quickly, there's too much stimulus, so there is more than likely a chance that you could fall off. Just like a job or anything for school even i remember when i went for my um when i went for my master's there was at one point where i felt like i was burnt out constantly just writing papers and getting it back saying it's terrible and rewriting it or going to the internship that i worked at and um i wasn't doing something right and it just got to the point where i just got burnt out because i was working so hard and this also goes for some people where it comes to understanding and accepting what is capable of them for what they can do. 
I think it's really difficult for people to stay motivated within the gym because at some point that motivation disappears. Motivation is definitely one of those things that it is nice to have, but I would want to argue and say it's a luxury. Not a lot of people will want to hear that, but having motivation in the gym is a luxury. You know, you get to the point of your training sometimes where it's no longer how motivated you are, it's how consistent you are. Like consistency is key when it comes to training. A lot of the people that happen to be in the gym are very, very consistent. There are jokes. You hear it all the time on social media. This is my villain arc. You know what? You don't know about fitness until you have a revenge body. Revenge body would be something like if someone just went through a breakup, so they're trying to get their mind off of things. Those are all temporary. Those are all motivations. That's something that it will disappear at some point. The people that are able to change and get things done in the gym are the ones that happen to be very, very consistent. But it's very difficult for some people as well. One of the biggest things you've been noticing within everything that I've been talking about, because once again, I walk around and I talk in circles and I'm very off-tangent when I talk on this podcast. Acceptance and what you can do needs to be available. One of the things I try to do whenever I coach clients is try to give them a, a goal that they can obtain, that they can reach. It's slightly out of their reach just a little bit, but it's the right amount of reach. And then once we hit that goal, we get to the next one. So that idea of that motivation is still kind of there. That's the kind of tip I can give for people for the gym. It's like, what is your goal? Some people decide and say like, oh, I just want to be healthy. Oh, I just want to – what's another thing I hear all the time? The, I want to be healthy or I just want to move a little bit. Those are very general goals. If they're very general, it's really hard to be specific. A lot of new people, when they come into my gym for the first time or whenever I coach them, I always try to tell them, let's not do too much at once. Fitness should be treated like life. I was talking about this with uh, one of my friends, actually. We were working out, and he gave the analogy of the red and the blue pill all the time. He always explains to people the red and blue pill. Well, I would want to give a perspective and ask, why isn't there a purple pill? We kind of live in this point right now where a lot of people think that you have to pick one or the other. If you don't know the the reference, the red and blue pills from the Matrix, something you should you can probably look up and see. But the idea that if you were to the idea behind it is pretty much it's just black and white. Confirmation bias is definitely something that you can see 100% in the fitness industry. If you Look at how motivation is. A lot of people treat motivation as if it's a red or blue pill. And I think looking at fitness or looking at nutrition or looking at how you view everything as red or blue pill, black or white, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to be able to stay motivated or at least when you are motivated, be able to keep going 
without that motivation. I use the analogy purple pill because it's one of those things where when I talk to my clients, I try to explain how there is one way to go about it and another way to go about it. I always want to be very transparent with how we're going about things. Transparency is key to understanding how your fitness will go moving forward. I say transparency is key because that transparency will help you get to the point of acceptance. I said I wouldn't do it earlier, but I'll use myself as an example. Right now, in my terms of fitness, I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm one of those people that I can go into the gym and I'm happy with what I can lift. There are people clearly stronger than me. There's people that are clearly weaker than me, but I'm not really working on them. I usually go to the gym just to be one of those people where it's like, hey, if I see someone struggling, I'm going to keep my eye and kind of look over. But for the most part, they're kind of doing whatever they need to to keep motivated, stay accepting of what they're happening within the gym or what have you. The type of dedication, though, that other athletes have, other clients have, that I know for times I do not have, is that consistency. If you are training properly and you're doing everything well, relatively speaking, and your coach is doing what you're supposed to, you should be growing muscle for a long time. Simple as that. As long as you're having the right amount of protein, you're doing the right right amount of muscle hypertrophy, and you are consistent and sustainable, you should be building more and more muscle as time progresses. I think for me, though, one of the biggest things that's really difficult, though, is I get very complacent. And I get very satisfied at the moment when it comes to being okay with um, fitness. Let me see. If my motivation, here we go, we have a question from... I cannot pronounce this name, but we'll go ahead and read the question. So the question is, if my motivation is to one day get big muscles, will that bring my dad back from the gas station? If your dad dropped you off at the gas station, my good sir, he probably has a lot of other problems that he needs to deal with. And I don't know if that will bring him back. hope that answers your question, but I'm sorry you got dropped off at the station. Um... Let's see. Uh, oh, wow. Puerto Rican Ashley. Thank you for the follow. Um, I should probably turn off the alert box. <laughs> anyway, continuing. Um, I don't know. It's... Uh, See, what is the saying? Puerto Rican actually says, hey, Poppy. <laughs> Mr. Tofu says, I too want my father to stop dropping me off at the gas station with caged windows. I'm not laughing, but I'm laughing. Um, yeah, motivation is definitely one of those things that's just difficult, you know? 
if you're asking me if I've been motivated the whole time to kind of work out, I would want to argue and say definitely not. I think during COVID, that was one of the times I kind of hit an all-time low. But I think another time that kind of hit an all-time low, I think is is very it's one of the only instances I've ever gotten injured. Um, I got I injured like somewhere in the back of my calf. I think it was like I think it was like straight up. It was denoted as my popliteus muscle. It was one of the reasons why I think for one, like maybe six months, I could not squat. I could not do anything. It was like it was excruciating pain. I think till this day it still nags from time to time. But that was a huge motivation killer right there. Like people going through injuries, people that have been through um, trauma, people that are depressed, people that have high anxiety, people that, you know, even lazy at times i think it's really difficult though because when you say those type of conditions it's it's not to be disingenuous but it is difficult for people with dispositions like that to have motivation to go to the gym why go to the gym if i'm not going to feel it now that instant gratification why should i work out if i know that right now nothing is going to change People view fitness as something as an easy fix. It's not. It really isn't. It's one of those things that it takes time. Fitness is something that takes time. For you to get to the goal that you are looking for, and it really depends on who you're talking to, but... Being, like I said, being motivated is very, it's a, it's a one-sided way of viewing to go to the gym. I don't know if everyone's heard it here in the chat, but like, things like, you know what, when I'm motivated, I'll go to the gym. Or, oh, I'm not in the right place right now, so I'll just not work out. Oh, I'm really busy with. Um, I'm really busy with my, my career. I'm really busy with my life. Those are all valid reasons. For you to go to the gym, for you to strength train, it is a privilege to be able to go and train. It is a privilege to be able to. And I think one of the biggest things to kind of look at is that when you go into the gym, when you go and work out, it is an investment into your health. It, it, do, it does not guarantee you healthiness. Once again, I'll say it again. For you to go into the gym, it does not guarantee you healthiness. It is an investment to your health. We've seen how the stock market, stock market is going right now. You see how investments go. Sometimes you get this investment and everything drops. You literally could be in the gym one day. And you see a lot of people do this. They'll they tear a pec, tear a bicep, roll their ankle. They do something and they injure themselves. And look, all that investment is now gone. We have a question here. Can you elaborate gymidation and how new gym goers can get over this for the better of their health? Oh, that's a good question. So gymidation would definitely 
be something that a lot of new gym goers get. And so if you don't know what it is, gymidation is something that new gym goers have for when they go into the gym and they feel like they can't do anything. They are, once again, intimidated by the population that's in there. I would want to argue and say that a lot of people that go to the gym, and it's very difficult to say, but people that go to the gym, for the most part, tend to be good people. I think social media happens to paint the gym in a very poor way at times, where you'll see the give and take or you know, all those instances where you happen to see like something bad happen in the gym. But that's in the same rate as people that you see squatting 405 in the gym for consistent numbers. On social media, I see people squatting because my algorithm points it out. And I see people squatting 405 pounds for like 10 reps. Not once have I seen... Um, not once have I seen people in the gym... That much, unless I go to a designated powerlifting gym or a designated Olympic weightlifting gym where they're repping that much weight for a lot. To answer the question for gymidation, I think one of the biggest things that's really, really helpful for you to be able to get through to being okay with going to the gym, like you have to start somewhere. I have one client specifically where... She recently, she's going to be moving, but she literally did not want to run. When I say she didn't want to run, she came from an injury from about a year ago, and she thought that it was something that was not possible. Like, no way, no way possible I'm going to be able to work out again. My coach that I had back in high school did all this, that, and what have you. But I tried to explain to her, I was like, why don't we just start slow? Dose response. When I say dose response, dose response, what it is, is pretty much just like being able to figure out the right amount to get the response that we're looking for, right? I always like to start small and then work bigger. To get over the gymidation, you need to start small. And when I say start small, it's like it depends on what your approach is. If you're somebody that already has a gym membership, I think the biggest thing that you can do in the gym is honestly just walk around. I know this sounds really, really weird, but just walking around and just looking at the equipment is definitely something that will be helpful for some people. I mean, there's some people that I know they go into the gym and they are intimidated at the fact that they see so many people. And I think it's one of those things where I can't give, I have to make sure I stay in the scope of my practice specifically on like psychology and everything like that. But once again, you just have to start from somewhere. You have to be able to Do a little bit. So when you get to the point of feeling comfortable with moving, it gets better. An example that I do specifically, 
One example that I do would be to, let's say if someone wants the back squat. Oh, I don't start them on back squats. They're doing air squats. I need to see if their form is right. If their form is right, let's grab a kettlebell or a dumbbell and we're going to do goblet squats. It's pretty much where you hold the weight right in front and you're squatting down. And we do that for a hot second. Maybe for a week or two. Then after a week or two, we have the discussion say, do you want to go heavier? Okay, we go heavier. They get more confident. It's great. Maybe they don't get confident and we have to step back and that's completely fine. But we, we dose response. Increase the dosage, hopefully get a better response. Once you finish the dumbbell or kettlebell at about that 45 pound or maybe even 55 pound, you can look at them and say, hey, wait a minute. We just did a barbell. Let's go ahead and try the barbell. Then they try the barbell and they find out that the barbell is a smidge bit easier because they're not holding on to the weight. Then we add some more weight. Then we add some more weight. Progressive overload. Those type of things. I'm giving all these type of things to say that would really, really help. But once again, I think the biggest thing is you have to start. To be able to go into the gym and do something, you have to start. When people say that they're going to wait for motivation to start, and I think it's really, really important because motivation is key. It's going to disappear. I always, this is another example I use, but for some people, um, we call it like the, the gym high, right? When I say the gym high, it's like the people that go into the gym and they love it. Five days a week, straight up 100%. They're doing the protein, they're doing the, the nine yards, they're doing everything. But then they stop. Oh man, you know, it's so sad. It's not really sad. I It's a funny memory I always have. And I know this person's not going to really care that I use them as an example, but I'm still going to keep them anonymous. But I'll just use the group that I, I used to coach. So I used to live in San Francisco, and I had an apartment there. Actually, it was a townhome. And within that townhome, my housemates were the type of people that they were like, you know what, Alex? Get us strong. I'm trying to be ready. Uh, this person specifically said, and I quote, I'm trying to look good. I'm trying to try to have the 11. I'm trying to do my twice dances, you know? We did everything. The whole nine yards for that whole group. They did the strength training. They did the hit workouts. They did the lists or the low intensity steady state. I would tell them straight up, like, you know what? Like, Get on that treadmill, incline walk, get on that Stairmaster, climb it up. And we did that for a whole eight to nine weeks. We got to the end because they worked out five to six days in a week. Everyone was happy with their results. Five days straight. Every single one of them. A lot of them did not come back though. <laughs> 
a lot of them didn't come back because it was just hard. It wasn't sustainable. But within the sustainability, it was also one of those things where like a lot of them were happy with the results, but they got the results that they wanted, but then they got to the point where they saw the peak of intensity for how the training goes for people that are really, really serious and motivated about their fitness. Until this day, a lot of them will look back at the photos when we used to work out in San Francisco and talk about like, oh shit, I gotta get back there. Don't worry, I'm uh, whenever I'm ready, I'll get back there. Some of them still haven't worked out to this day. Or they've worked out, but then they stopped. Your body will adapt to what it does. If there's no change for your body to adapt, there's no reason. The reason why the gym's called adapted strength is because I'm taking the muscle that we're having and I'm adapting it to what you want, how we're going about it. I think I saw something in chat. If I don't start working out soon, my boyfriend is going to break up with me. Oh. Um. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, if your boyfriend's going to break up with you because you're not working out, I think you need to have a discussion with him. I don't think, uh, I'm sorry that if your boyfriend really will break up with you if you don't start working out. I don't think there's any case that would be okay at all. I would want to, I would want you to ask your significant other what would be the reasoning. But at the same time, like, I don't think there's any good reason to break up with somebody specifically if it's just because they're not working out. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. But I think one of the biggest things I try to explain to my clients as well is for me, I personally do not care what your goal is. <laughs> I am here to guide you in the direction that is what you want. My job as your personal trainer is to help you get to your goals. I'm always by standard going to say, let's increase the weight. I'm always by standard going to say, let's do a little bit more. And I'm always by standard going to expect you to try to do more. In all honesty, I have some clients that are on maintenance. And what's maintenance? Maintenance is the point where you are okay with what you're at. You don't want to get stronger. You have no intention of increasing your cardiovascular endurance. You have no intention of any of those other things, but you are just okay with what you have. And that is fine. But for the people that are on maintenance and they're trying to come to me and say, I want more, I have zero sympathy. <laughs> and it's not to be rude. I'm not the type of person that's going to shame you specifically. I told my coach my fitness goal and he said it was too broad. Well, Real quick, let me ask you, Pizza, my heart one, two, three, what is your fitness goal? I'm sorry that your coach is saying that to you, but what is your goal? And then also, 
On the flip side of the coin, why would an experienced five-day gym goer doing the full nine yards and all who have been working out for a while suddenly fall off? I think a lot of them, to answer the second question, I'm still going to wait for the broad one. When it comes to the whole, why would they fall off? It's because of the fact that they've done so much commitment and so much in that little bit of nine of time that when they get to relax, they don't want to stop relaxing. That's the problem. It's coming back after the rest. Whenever I program, I always do this thing and every coach should be doing this thing where it is to essentially have a deload. A deload, what it is, is you take a week specifically and you happen to decide to let your body rest. There's a lot of people, though, after deload, they sometimes have a hard time coming back. One side of the spectrum, there's a lot of people that if they're real, not real gym goers, there's a lot of people that are real gym goers that are just as wanting to take a longer break but for the people that happen to be very unmotivated wants to take more break they want to take time off and they think taking time off is going to help and i think it is possible to take time off because it will help i think one of the biggest things that's really difficult is once again i have to start from the very beginning and ask you what your goals are For the people that kind of fell off after the five days and they fell off, a lot of them it's because they got what they wanted. They got what they wanted. They're like, you know what? Cool, I got it. I don't need to work hard anymore. I can hold it for a bit. Coming back is more difficult than starting. That, I'm going to say that again. Coming back from a deload or coming back from an injury, coming back from trauma, coming back from those type of things is a lot more difficult than starting. Your fitness goal is to just get moving. I just want to go to the gym more for my mental health and less to physically change. If you want to go to the gym for physical change, I mean for mental for mental health, right? Then That's better. I think maybe, well, right here, this this uh, this goal still sounds, it's 50-50. This goal, just to get moving, I want to go to the gym more for my mental health and to do less, and less to do with physical change. I think by definition, if you end up going to the gym, you're going to elicit physical change regardless. If you're going into the gym or you're doing something for mental health, right, there is a point that if you're asking me professionally, right, what are you doing in the gym that's going to give you mental health relief? If you want to get moving more, like, you don't need to go to the gym. Why don't you just go for walks then? If you don't want to... Mental health will definitely. Mental health is definitely something I can kind of discuss from a personal trainer's perspective on another podcast, or I don't even know. Maybe I could talk about that today. But 
I think if you walk, that's good. I always try to explain to my clients though, right? I walk to the kitchen. <laughs> I do too. I just ate uh, ube pandasal, spam masubi, and some chicken katsu. Oh my god. I am ruining my diet team. I don't know. It's, it's hard. Because if I have to be honest with the chat, right? I think the biggest thing I try to explain to people is, are you honestly trying your best? Uh, my point specifically is, if you truly are doing the best that you can in the gym, doing the best that you can at life, I can't really get upset. I'm always going to expect everyone to do more. And for the people, and once again, to bring us round back once again to the topic of this podcast of motivation and acceptance, we need to be able to accept that motivation is not always going to be there. With accepting the fact that motivation is not always going to be there, it will help us move forward to actually become better for ourselves. And within understanding that, People are expecting to do the bare minimum at times, or they're expecting to do things at one specific point. But I would want to give a question for the chat specifically. If you are happy with, if you only want to change a little bit, or you want to have this lifestyle change, but you're only doing the bare minimum, that means your life is only going to change the bare minimum. There is a positive relationship with that specifically. But that's why when I explain it, you have to be able to dose response. You have to be able to make it. So you start a little bit. You keep going. Once again, when it comes to this person right here, they're saying, I just want to get moving. That is a completely valid goal. I would agree and say that partially that is a little too broad. But when you expand and said, I just want to go to the gym more for mental health and for less physically changing, that's more specific. That is phenomenal. But at the same time, within that, my question to you is that there has to be a timetable. There has to be an end. There has to be a moment for you to figure that out. For my clients, we have eight-week cycles and then what a, a ninth-week deload. Within that eight weeks, there is a specific goal that you have. That goal needs to be your motivation for that eight weeks. Yes, there is a macro goal specifically where if you happen to be one of the clients where I'm programming you for a year, we're going to be this eight weeks. We're focusing on building all the muscle. This cycle specifically, we're focusing on taking the muscle and making it usable. This cycle, we're realizing if we're actually strong or if we're weak or we did not improve. If your goal specifically, pizza of my heart, one, two, three, is to just get moving for my mental health and not physical change, then don't, you're right, don't focus on the physical change. Go to the gym and just walk. But within just walking, I would like to ask you and say, what is the next point after just walking? What is the timetable for that? What is 
the goal? What is the next point? If we get through eight weeks and we find out that nothing changed, that's fine. That's completely fine. We run it back the next eight weeks. If you just go into the gym, though, with just that idea and that's it, and you're just going to run it the whole time, that's going to be very, very difficult. I have one client specifically. Her goal is to PR, but she does not want to do anything. Flat out. Wants to do the bare minimum. I say there is three to five sets of four to eight. She does three sets of eight. And she does it at weight that's really light. I'm always telling her to go heavier. But if she doesn't want to go heavier, I can't make her go heavier. Her body, her choice. It's the moment that the client starts complaining about wanting more, but they're doing little. That's when I start to get a little bit more interesting. For some people, I have another client. He wants to go five days a week. He wants to, he's fully motivated. He's fully everything, but he's not accepting the fact that his life is too busy. Look at my life, for example. I wake up, I do my morning cardio. I start working in the gym. Whether I'm working out with the client or what have you, I start working out. After working out, I get to have lunch. I get to chill out a little bit. After chilling out, I go to my next client, my next client after that. If I have nothing else, I get to go to my significant other's house, play with our dog, wait for the next client, go to the next client. And then after the next client, I go back to the gym to potentially do my evening cardio or throw in some extra strength training. That is my job. That is my life. I am allowed to have more time to work out. So my training, my physique is going to be a, a, maybe a smidge bit more optimal because of the fact that I have more free time. But if you're somebody that happens to have a nine to five and you're expecting to go to the gym five days a week, but you're sitting in the car for an hour because you live from one place, but you're traveling a long distance and you still got to cook and your significant other doesn't know how to cook. I don't know what to tell you. It's really difficult. It's hard. This person also likes the game too. So you tell me. Person likes the game. Nine to five. Wants to work out five days a week. Has a hard time cooking for themselves. Well, you know right now. That person's not going to have the best and sustainable lifestyle. So I changed it. With discretion. He works out four days a week. Still goes to his nine to five. Has a, If he has spare time. Go ahead. And also, he can still game. We have to accept that if our environmental factors are not where they need to supposed to be, we cannot make the changes that we need. I see a lot of programs and a lot of people fail in fitness because they're not realizing and accepting what they actually can do. You have to accept that there is only so much that you can do in your day to make it work. And if you're working a nine to five and you're working something that's taking you the whole day or you're working a job that's manual labor, it is going to be very, very difficult if you're not managing 
other factors of your life like sleep like stress like food like any of those things because if those things are not in track it's gonna be really difficult for when you go into the gym because in the gym you're you're literally placing yourself in a anxiety attack elevated heart rate breathing hard stress is high you're putting yourself in a a state that's already stressful then you got to go home and do it again Going to the gym has to be something that has to be timed properly. It has to be something that can actually get you to where you need to be. But sometimes a lot of people, they always use the example, not people, but I've heard specifically where it's more of like, quit your bitching. Just go to the gym. We go gym. It's not that simple. It truly is not. I can make an argument for you to say that all the are all the people that are saying that five times, six times in the gym is more optimal than four. I can give a solid argument for why four days may actually be better for you to work out than that five to six. For me, I can work out five to six. I can work out six days, maybe even three of the days or two of the days. Meaning that like Monday I do two workouts, Tuesday I do one workout, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Because my life allows that. I have enough time to rest. I have enough time to cook. I have enough time to do all that stuff. I have a little bit more money if I'm really, really stressed out and they need to go get a massage, I'll go get a massage. But if you don't have the time, you don't have the resources, you don't have those type of things, you have to accept that it doesn't matter if you have the motivation. Like you have to be able to accept that there's only so much that you can do. And also within acceptance, you have to understand that your fitness age or your capability and movement is also a factor. But the people that are in the gym and always trying to be very, I want to do everything all at once. I want to explain to you and say that you need to calm down. All the people that go into the gym and they say like, I need, what can I do to fix my deadlift? What can I do to fix my squat? Like, tell me all the cues. I'm just like, slow down just do a little bit literally just do a little bit and just squat more if i could show you how my squat or my deadlift looked a long time ago when i first started compared to what it looks like now you would not think it's the same thing i did not get any co like formal coaching initially i didn't do anything i wasn't watching like types of training or anything like that it was literally six pack shortcuts mike chang and also Elliot Hulse, those are like my main guys I was listening to. So like, once again, I, there is, when it comes to fitness, being motivated, once again, it is important, but at the same time, there, there has to be, a, there has to be a point where you have to understand that it takes time for you to be able to do what you want to do in the gym. For me, to be able to squat 315 for sets of five, it wasn't something that I literally woke up and decided. It wasn't like my form wasn't always as good and everything like that. That's why when I go into the gym or whenever I'm coaching a new client, they're saying like, oh my gosh, like, God, my back's bad or oh, my hips are bad. I'm just like, you, you just started yesterday. You just started last week. I have a few clients that are close to my numbers. You want to know how frustrating that is? If more than anything, it is a... It's a blessing and it's a it's a nice thing because it's like, oh, well, my programming works. But I have some clients that are close to my numbers and I'm just like, mm, Jesus, that sucks. Like, why are you so close to me? 
You have to start somewhere. You have to be a student. You have to be in the basics of movement first before you can actually start moving forward. Question here, what type of training do you think is the most sustainable for consistency? Like weightlifting, cardio, powerlifting, calisthenics. I think the most sustainable training is just general strength training. And when I say general strength training, it's literally just doing upper body movements one day, lower body movements the other day, do it again. If you want a fifth day, figure out a body part or something that's lacking and that's completely fine. I think that, once again, a lot of people, whenever they want to work out, they want the new stimulus. I have one athlete specifically that needs a new stimulus every eight weeks. There's a reason why. I can't call it CrossFit because I don't have a CrossFit Level 1 certification, but I can call it HIPT, High Intensity Functional Training. I think that, like I said, for a type of training that is most sustainable, it just has to be just regular strength training. I think it also just depends on the person too. For me, for example, you're never going to see me run. I am a negative, a hard negative on running, flat out. If you see me run a mile or a mile and a half, it was because of the military. It was literally because I was trying to go into the military and we had to do that for the PFA. Now, incline walk, Stairmaster, I get my heart rate up to like 160 and I'm good. If one of my old friends from SF State or CrossFit gym was like, Alex, let's do this workout. I'm like, all right, I'm game, but just one. That's okay. Sorry, guys. So if any of my CrossFit friends are watching, I'll do the workouts with you guys, but like, nah, <laughs> I'm okay. That That's definitely, I'll do one workout maybe like every other day or maybe like one every three days, but anything more than that, you're asking for too much. I don't know. I just, like I said, motivation is, it's, it's difficult. Motivation is one of those things that you can see it. You can hear it. You can imagine it. But once that's gone, it's, it's all consistency. think if there if there is a, a silver lining if i've ever not motivated to not work out sometimes maybe that it's a good thing not being motivated gives you time to reflect on if your training is actually where it needs to be or if you're really just burnt out or maybe you just need a rest day A lot of people, when they take rest days, it's like, oh, you just need one day for rest or you need two days for rest. I've watched types of training for like CrossFit athletes and what they do within like 365 days in a year. And they are <sighs> they're all mentally strong up there. They're doing like three, four workouts a day and they're all different. Like they're they're built differently, man. 
But yeah, like I said, motivation and acceptance, you have to be able to accept what you're capable of doing. And you have to be able to understand that motivation is something that will disappear. I am not saying you should wait for motivation to appear before you're working out. I am saying that even if you wait for the motivation, what's going to happen when it disappears? I've had a lot of people, when they come, they start off really, really motivated. They're really, really excited. And the next thing you know, that's it. They stop, and sometimes they don't come back. And that's not to sound morbid. It's honest. I'm not going to change your mentality or anything like that. I'm not a doctor. I'm not anything like that. I'm just one of those people where it's like, give me the parameters of your life. Give me the question. I'm not going to give you a red or blue pill. I'm going to give you a purple pill. I'm going to explain it to you in a way that gives you the pros and the cons. If I had to use the example of one of my clients earlier, this person that was working at 9 to 5 wants to go to the gym 5 days a week and what have you. I explained to him, you have to make a commitment or if we have to change the verbiage, a sacrifice. I know one of the biggest things that we're trying to do nowadays is trying to change negative verbiage to positive verbiage, right? So usually sacrifice is one of the things where we make it sound to commitment or instead of saying cheat day, we could say treat day. If I had to play devil's advocate, think of it like this though, like there has to be something because once again, if it's something that you value, something that you want, maybe you should say that verbiage. Maybe you should say cheat day. Maybe you should say sacrifice. Because this person, this client loves games. He grew up with games. That's his thing. And if he can't let go of the games, he has to let go of some of the training. Because the games is taking the spot of where training could be. And that's completely fine. Detox Mango. Should I optimize for strength and MMA or 100 meters and jumping? Can you ask that question one more time, actually? What should I optimize for strength and MMA? Are you saying, comma, should I optimize for strength, MMA, or... Wait, hold on. I can't even read this question. Should I optimize strength? Mm, can you please reword the question? I'm so sorry, Detox Mango. Can you explain that one more time? Pizza my heart. I love treat days. <laughs> I love my treat days too. A little off topic for everybody. When it comes to nutrition and stuff, I think one of the biggest things you can kind of look for is if you're having more good days than bad days, it's completely fine. And I mean, once again, using that verbiage of good and bad, I know it sounds like one of those things, but like think of it like this. If you happen to be somebody that's watching your calories for more days than not, you can have the days where you decide to have whatever you want to eat. One day is not going to ruin it. Once again, that's the same argument for gaining strength. You don't build strength all in one day. You don't gain weight all in one day. It has to be something that happens in time. So if you want to have a treat day, have it. Like I definitely have those days where I go to Burger King. I get a triple Whopper, large fries, and a large milkshake for lunch. And then I'll go to In-N-Out and I'll get a 4 by 0 with grilled onions, two fries, and a Sprite. And then I'll finish off my day with some sushi. I love Lion King rolls, caterpillar rolls, and everything like that. I've had those type of days. You just can't have those days all the time, If you're depending on what your goal is.
Detox Mango, Strength plus MMA versus 100 meter plus jumping. Two hours a day. Ooh. What's your goal? That's the question, Detox Mango. What is your goal? Because if you do strength in MMA, that's going to give you one type of adaptation. If you do 100 meter in jumping, that can, that's, once again, going to give you another adaptation. That's difficult. More useful for military. Huh. Well, if you're asking me, I would probably switch it up and say you should probably do strength and like I would mix that up and say I would do strength plus hundred meter. If it was up to me. <laughs> um, but I mean if those were your choices, I mean like maybe strength and MMA, I guess. But the it just it de it depends on what branch you are into. If you're Army, if you're Air Force, and I swear if someone in here says Chair Force, I'm going to be very upset because we are – no, that's not the Chair Force or Marines or Navy. You can make jokes about the Navy. I'm kidding. Nah, dumb, kidding. Kidding, kidding. Only make jokes about the Coast Guard. Ugh. Uh, but yeah, what's more useful for the military? I'd probably say if you had to pick Strength and MMA. Uh, pizza my heart, I'm having half-half. <laughs> I mean, half-half works. Have, like, a good part of the day and then, like, have the treat at the end of the day. That's completely fine. So, yeah. Well, that's all I got to say on this part specifically. I think that, once again, to wrap up everything, and I've said this multiple, multiple times, if you're somebody that is motivated to go to the gym... I'm going to let you know now, you are going to be unmotivated at some point, flat out. You're going to get to the point of your training where you're going to be unmotivated, and that's okay. But you have to stay consistent. You have to stay consistent if you have a specific goal. And accept that within that consistency, it will get better. It will be fine. You know, we we'll get to the point where it no longer becomes a, a chore, but it becomes a necessity for your mental health, physiological health, and your psycho health. All right. Is there any questions from the chat specifically? Is there anything anyone wants to ask? Anything that's kind of on their mind? I'll go ahead and give a, probably another mm, probably give about another like five ten minutes why do it be like that hold on what do you mean why do it be like why when you mean by why do you mean why do it be like that? Like, are we talking about like why does motivation disappear? 
what sounds like more of a physiological not physiological like a uh, philosophical question um why does motivation disappear i don't want to say motivation disappears let me let me rephrase that i don't want to say that motivation disappears specifically because people want it to disappear i think motivation disappears because one their goals change it's either their goals change or maybe it doesn't excite them anymore it's food for thought well if there's no one else that has any other questions i'm gonna go ahead and close this podcast if you guys have any please follow me if you can on instagram on adapted strength or you can go ahead and follow me on tiktok adapted strength as well if there's any topics or ideas that you want me to go over and talk about more than likely i'll be talking this week again about another topic but if there's no other questions i'll go ahead and close up the podcast so thank you all for watching thank you all for listening and i'll catch you all next time